0: This is episode 233 of the Books, Shows, Tunes, and Mad Acts podcast. This episode is titled, Vampire with Josh Simons. Welcome to Books, Shows, Tunes, and Mad Acts, the show about stuff we like. I'm your host, Jennifer Crittenden. And sometimes I'm lucky enough to be joined by my co-host, Bill Aho, who has an ear for good music and an eye for the extraordinary. Books, shows, tunes, and mad acts is brought to you by Discreet Guide, a training company for improving your speaking and writing skills. We hope you enjoy the show. I'm really excited to welcome a new guest to the show today. I've got Josh Simons with us and uh, welcome to the show, Josh.
1: Thank you for having me. This is uh, my first podcast since landing in Australia with someone back in America. Well, usually these chats happen sort of afternoons and now I have to get up very early to make it work on American time. So it's very... um, I hope I'm, I hope I'm, I'm sharp this morning. That's all.
0: right. I was going to say, right. We'll test you right off the bat yeah, you drag you, you out will. of bed and make you start talking about vampire. Exactly. <laughs> Good. Well, I thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. And I'll just mention to my audience that I don't have my co-host today. Bill Aho is having some maintenance work done on his body. So we wish him all the best and hope that he can rejoin us soon. But we've got Josh with us, which is great. We're going to have a conversation about Vamper. And I'll just uh, introduce him. He's the CEO and co founder of Vamper, which is the world's largest and most active social professional network for musicians, often dubbed the LinkedIn for creatives. Recognized by Fast Company as one of the most innovative companies in 2022. Vamper is home to over 1 million users and active in every country on the planet. The music startup has helped fledgling musicians broker over 7 million connections worldwide. That's pretty amazing. Vamper offers a free solution for young musicians built by a sympathetic founding team of established musicians with Josh's co-founder, Baz Palmer best known as the lead guitarist for seminal hall of fame rock band Hunters and Collectors which was in my collection. Simons has grown Vamper into a multi-award winning platform including a most prestigious nod from Apple with an inclusion in their best of the year list. Over four funding rounds the company has raised 3.2 million from VCs, the crowd and music industry angels. Prior to running Vamper, Josh spent the better part of a decade as a successful artist, songwriter, and producer. His artist project Buchanan enjoyed multi-million streams and chart impressions worldwide, and they retired from the live circuit following a sold-out arena tour opening for Keith Urban and Carrie Underwood. In April 2020, Simons was named in the Music Network's 30 under 30 list in addition to being voted reader's choice. He holds a bachelor of business from Swinburne University. All right, so tell us uh first about the name. Why is it called Vamper?
1: Well, I just think after an introduction like that we could probably just wrap the podcast, right? That was
0: <laughs> Okay, we're okay. done. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long intro, but you have a lot to offer. I wanted them to know all about you.
1: Oh, thank you. Uh, to vamp in music is to sort of a group of people to sit around in a usually sort of facing each other and to riff on it on a certain musical phrase until something gels and mm. so motifs emerge. And it's kind of the very essence of what it is to collaborate. And our platform facilitates collaboration, and so. We kind of wanted, um, in any project I've ever done, actually, I've always liked the idea of having one word that's sort of somewhat new or original or uh, doesn't have any sort of emotion attached to it. It's like my artist project, as you mentioned, was called Buchanan. When you hear the word Buchanan, unless you're thinking of the former president from a long time ago, it doesn't really have any meaning. So it sort of creates an opportunity to to to, to bring some meaning to a sound. Uh, and that's sort of the same with vampa is like the word Vamp is a is known in music circles, but almost nowhere else. And the other thing, probably to remember, is when we came up with the name, it was like 2015, and sites like Tumblr and Tinder and places like that were sort of emerging, and everyone was adding an R at the end. It was All
0: right. Of, it's the R phase.
1: Yeah, it was, and so we sort of. We're showing our age, I guess, by uh, <laughs> by doing that attribution there.
0: Well, it's of a moment, right? So it it sort of uh, subtly implies when you began. I think it's great. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, was there a triggering moment when you realized that that a service like Vamper was needed?
1: Definitely. I um so I had an artist project in Australia that did pretty well here, like you know we were very lucky in that we sort of started the band and then six months later we were on the radio and then six months after that we were playing festivals and supporting people like Gautier and Cloud Control and Kimber, really big acts. That's um,
0: unusual.
1: Yes it's not the normal story and so um we had a great run here and probably a mistake that a lot of Australians make is to think that well if I had this kind of success here I can recreate it immediately overseas and so mm. we, we felt pray to that a little bit and moved the operation to England uh, which is where I was actually born and we, we just weren't able to crack that market and it wasn't because you know lack of talent or lack of ambition obviously we got on a plane and moved everything there uh, it was more fundamental than that we didn't have a team we didn't have agents mm-hmm. we didn't have managers we didn't know the scene intimately like we did the Melbourne scene that we'd grown up in and um, and so that you know caused me to pause and, um, really reflect on what does it really mean to be successful and how do you sort of get there? And I did a lot of market research. I spoke to people much more famous than me. I also spoke to people who had achieved much less than I had. And there was a common thread, which is sort of the, to get from one vantage point in a career to the next required a, a certain number of, uh, people with, but with more critically with a shared vision. Mm. And so, how do you find people with a shared vision using technology? And so you look at the at the tech landscape in sort of that was 2014, 2015. Uh, there were platforms that allowed you to publish your music, distribute your music, build fan bases, but there was nothing solving this sort of almost fundamental issue of how do you meet people yeah. that all want the same outcome? And that, that just didn't exist. I mean, there was Craigslist, and then if you go to re- rehearsal studios, there's notice boards, but they're yeah. not they're not scalable global solutions to a global problem. And really, when you distill that really down to its core, it's like, how do we use technology to introduce the Pauls and the Johns of the world?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's where the brain spark happened. And that's that was the beginning of the company.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting to me when you do look at the history of bands or older bands, how often it is like, well, they went to high school together. And you think, Mm -hmm. I mean, what are all the missed Paul and John moments because people didn't go to high school together, right? I mean, it's such a tiny pool that you actually know. So that's yes, what, but- that's what interested me about Vampir was maybe you can open up the opportunities to, to cross paths much, much wider because what's the likelihood you're going to meet your own, you know, your own John or your own Paul, just in your everyday circles.
1: Well, it's, it's Slim Pickens and, uh, unfortunately like historically geography plays a huge role in your prospects of success we mm. often talk about when we talk, when we're presenting to investors or even when we're pitching frankly to the crowd that we that we attract as users we often talk about removing the barrier to entry and spe- specifying those barriers as uh, location and access to capital because if you're not lucky to be born in a big music city like los angeles or berlin or new york or melbourne or london Um, your next best bet is to spend money getting on a plane or a train or driving in a car to a city that does have more opportunity. And my Mm co-founder, Barry, there's no better example than him, frankly, because he grew up in a tiny, tiny country town in Victoria um, called Sunbury, where there's like a population of only a couple thousand people. And because of that, he took about a decade before he finally got invited to audition for what ended up becoming Hunters and Collectors. I see. And that shouldn't have taken him that long. Like by the time he was auditioning he was a, just one of the greater guitarist players in in the country but he was undiscovered because of his location. Yeah. And that's not really sustainable. Like imagine if you wanted to be a plumber but they said oh there's a 10 year waiting period before you can start. Right you'd go well I'm not being I'm not going to do that I'm going to do another job instead so yeah um that's one of the challenges facing the music industry um and it shouldn't be who has access to capital who was lucky to be born in a certain area I mean I can think of examples of vampir artists got this one kid Zadrian who he's a DJ in in India and he's been able to use vampir to to network with folks all over the planet get top liners all over the planet he's since to it with uh, the chain smokers and um, some of his songs have now gone sort of viral on, on spotify but you know before tool i'm not saying that's entirely attributable to Vampa, but before tools like Vampa, it's conceivable that he would re- remain remained undiscovered and that's a great yes. tragedy because right. he's super talented um, and there's we hear about stories like this all the time so that's why we created the
0: platform is there an example of an ideal user of Vampa in your mind or has that changed over time
1: it's definitely changed over time because when we started, almost quite naively or greenly, we we said sort of, you know, if we can just change one person's life, we will have um,
0: uh-huh.
1: got everything, but like hit our goals. But that's that's somewhat silly and that's not what an investor wants to hear. Either.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, I know. So
1: that was like the original goal. But no, now it's more about how do we recreate those outcomes? So we've got plenty of examples of folks who met on Vampa who then went on to sign you know, fairly major deals, either with major labels or major indies. Um, It's like, how do we accelerate those outcomes? How do we increase the frequency of those outcomes using algorithms, um, using machine learning? uh, Those are the sort of areas that now get us excited. Ultimately, the more our users get or have success as a result of using the platform, the more it benefits us because it's sort of this. Oh, yes. So we just focus on like anytime we sort of, lost and we don't get lost too often anytime we've got like a big existential decision which way do we go with it whether it comes down to a product or a marketing event or anything we always come back to well, how will this benefit the core mission and the core mission is how do we make the most effective productive connections and so that that's sort of our guiding principle our guiding light um every decision is made through that lens we could have the worst algorithm on the planet and we'd still drive connections we've seen that because of early versions of the algorithm okay
0: right sure
1: is people have a human requirement? They have a personnel requirement, and so even a simple version that just connects people based on favorite artists, which is how our algorithm started, that's oh. still quite—it's still quite effective, and you ah. still drive the results. But as we grow as a business, um, it's about driving the most productive outcomes because we can drive outcomes. That's easy. Gotcha. Um, but how do we drive outcomes that have commercial results for both right. the user and for the company? And so that's that's our focus.
0: Well, no, which makes sense. I think somewhere I read that you said it had taken you about seven years to be able to quit your day job, so to yeah. speak. Do I have that right?
1: Something like that about that. Yeah. yeah.
0: And you and you said that's just that, that's not okay. No, it's not. Um, and 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 terrible. actually you were you were fairly lucky, right? I mean Yeah, were,
1: and I was yeah. one of the lucky ones. That's right. right. I mean
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I was um I so I left school when I was 17 and um did a few sort of entrepreneurial things, but Ultimately got into music not too long after that, but it, it took me until the age of 25 before I was making enough for music that I didn't have to clean toilets, mow lawns, do landscaping, mm-hmm. um, all the various jobs that I held while in the earlier stages of the career. There's a lot of pride associated with that in the old guard, like folks in their in the music industry in their like sort of mid-30s, have a lot of pride with, you know associated with the fact that they did make it through those those years. Let's call them the trough years. Um, but I don't think that just because a generation had to go through that means that the next generation does too. Oh, Um, I
0: totally agree. And it's just not acceptable for most careers, right? You wouldn't wouldn't expect that to be. I I get it. I mean, there's sort of a macho thing about paying your dues, but why? I I mean, that's one of the, yeah.
1: Our job as custodians of the planet for the brief time that we're here is to hopefully make things better for the next generations. And I think that applies to every industry, whether it's energy or music industry, it's, it's, Always about hopefully improving conditions for the next generation, and so that's that's part of what we do.
0: Yeah, and as music consumers, you know it's great to see those connections made because maybe we will get another fantastic band uh, that we get to listen to. I do. Yeah. I, I, I was interested. I was very interested in Vamper for that reason, but it bothers me to see so many young people struggling with music and my sense is actually in some ways that it's well people tell me that it's actually worse now than it was a few decades ago that it's harder to be discovered than it was back then what what do you think
1: yeah i think the challenges have changed you know a few i just i think back to the early 2000s being a teenager and listening to the radio and that was really your only dis, your only method of discovery for new music and so basically anyone who signed a major deal had a better shot of making it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really good time to be signed to a major. I was actually at the end of that cohort when we got signed. Spotify was just getting started. Playlists were becoming very popular. And we built a team who were really good at selling physical CDs. But by the time we got to the end of our first album campaign, CDs were completely irrelevant. Figures. And so we were sort of in the class of 2010. And we often joke that no one from that class really survived because... Um, as I said, we all had teams that were good at at doing one thing that was no longer relevant at the end of your first album cycle. Wow! And so, look, I think the challenges are different now. So there is a lot of there's a lot more noise. I think what is it? There's something like forty thousand songs a day uploaded to Spotify. Don't quote me on that, but it's about that.
0: Holy cow!
1: So yeah, I think it could be more than that. But anyway, the the point is is that there's more noise than ever. So from mm. through that lens, it's harder to get discovered. But let's look at the other side of it. Because of the very same reason, algorithms and playlists and all of that, your chances of you being heard by someone on the other side of the world that you would never have had reach to, like through your local street press or the local gigs scene or gig economy, like you would never have reached them. Yeah. And now it's possible that they'll stumble upon your track. Um, and if they happen to own a, a big restaurant or some trendy blog site and they add you to to that and suddenly you have a viral moment, your fortunes can change very quickly. So I agree that it's it's a trickier, well, it's it's just a different landscape, it, 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 but there's more opportunity probably for luck now. Mm. Um, uh, <laughs> that's but, a
0: nice way to put it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, uh-huh. you have to create your own luck once upon a time, and I think in many respects you still can by pumping out high volume of content, mm. um, being active in many places you can be. It's just different challenges. I, I, yeah. And, and that's part, I mean, that's sort of part of our job is to, help navigate that. We take education very seriously. I don't know if you saw, but we'd launched an academy recently, which sort of helps people in the early part of their business really understand the fundamentals of the music industry. Oh, cool. We'll be building on that with a course on marketing soon. And this is all sort of delivered by professors and and industry participants who have been around for sort of 40, 50 plus years. So that's like a little part of our job in, in giving back, but we also hope by building a social professional network for the industry, that people learn through example. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, let's say I'm a young artist who jumps under Vampa for the first time. I've recorded my first EP in my own bedroom. I'm now looking for people who can help get it out there or collaborate on the next project. They're going to observe these connections that they're making on Vampa, connect with other folks on the platform, watch them interact in the feed, watch them interact through the types of content they're posting, and hopefully just learn by example. And, and that's that's how we've always done it as humans. It's very sort of tribal that's the tribal element to being human, right? Is you sort of look at your peers and you watch how yeah. they're operating. So we create this sort of focused home for all these folks to come to and, and hang out. And and we hope that there's a little bit of just sort of passive learning just mm-hmm. by virtue of even being there. Um, so that's another way that we're hoping to solve some of the those issues that you raise.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I interviewed a band a couple of years ago and I remember one of the things they said really st- struck me at the time and has stuck with me they were talking about just the benefit that they had from talking to other band. They're a Boston based band, just from talking to other bands and just sort of these, you know, continuous stream of aha moments, like, oh, that's what a manager does, or, oh, that's how that works. Oh, (laughs) you know, because there's not, yeah, I think for a certain type of musician, you don't necessarily learn those things, especially the commercial aspects of it. That's really cool that you're doing that. I think that's fabulous. I
1: I equate it to me speaking to other, like other founders. So when I speak Mm -hmm. to other founders, businesses, they'll tell me things that just, Sometimes it's massive light bulb moments. I'm like, mm. oh, my God, how did I never think of that? And it's, mm-hmm. it really is, it is the same for musicians. I remember our first ever, you know, national supporting um, slot, just learning so much from the headline band about decorum in the green room, mm-hmm. decorum mm-hmm. when executives walk into the room, when to touch your rider, <laughs> oh. don't, don't drink before you go on stage, you know, really
0: yeah.
1: fundamental things. But you, a lot of those lessons can only be learned firsthand and people telling you them isn't always the most effective uh, way of learning. And so you have to learn by watching um, mm-hmm. and listening. But yeah, we're, we're sort of, we're doing our best in that respect.
0: Yeah, I think that's really great. We can see from the way people use YouTube too that they really like learning, right? Unfortunately, we've somehow <laughs> created sort of an environment where, where learning in school seems bad, but but you see how much people use the tools that are, at their disposal to learn for stuff like that. Exactly. That's really important and valuable at, at the moment.
1: Everyone loves learning. It's just the school environment's not I I mean I left school early. I did go back and complete it online, I must say, but school is sort of you've got your set topics that mm. it's a syllabus or whatever a curriculum. And it's just not for everybody, but everyone does learn and love learning about the things that they love. And mm-hmm. I can think of no better group than probably video gamers. Mm -hmm. Um, They would probably, and this might be putting them into a big bucket, but I'd say a a good majority of them would say that they don't particularly love school and they can't wait to get home and game. But when they're gaming, they're learning. They're learning how to run Mm -hmm. the game. They're, They're learning strategy. They're learning how to get ahead you know, and and even not just in the game itself, but in the hardware and the chair that they sit in Mm -hmm. in how to keep themselves going for so many hours. I mean, it sounds silly, but they're they're learning. I think people are thirsty for knowledge in the areas that they're passionate about. And so part of the future of social networks, and this is what we're doing, um, is to create dedicated environments. I think, you know, the behemoths of the 2000s, like your Facebooks and even Reddits to a certain point, but Reddit does have subreddits, but you... Uh, what what we're seeing is a shift away i think from these massive giant this this social network does everyone and everything which is sort of really unrealistic yeah. and you're seeing a, a slow shift to niche networks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and and niche sometimes i think historically has had a bad at least in the investment world connotation because it sounds like it's small but niche can be huge i mean oh yeah is 900 million people in any given year that either buy an instrument or take lessons gosh yeah. And that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that they're all going to have careers in the music industry, but no. that just gives you an idea of the number of people who are passionate about music. And then you can really go a step further and say, there's probably not a single person on the planet who would actually come out and put their hand on their heart and say, I hate music, which means everyone is a consumer. Mm-hmm. So th- we can talk about niche and, and creating contextual environments, but we're talking about a, a gigantic addressable market. And that's... Uh, then it's up to folks like myself to design those bespoke environments that really speak to the needs of of those niches.
0: Yeah, you just used that word bespoke. I know I'm taking us down a rabbit hole here, but but that's my complaint about as you say these large sort of um, I don't know what you call them. They're unwieldy, right? The Facebook, the YouTube, even Reddit. Although you're right, there are subreddits. Is there's a lack of quality. Everything seems kind of mediocre. And you know there's good stuff in there, but the amount of time that it takes to actually go through and curate the material is just overwhelming. So I don't know if you can do that with Vamper, but to me, that would that would be a step in the right direction is to somehow to know that when you enter that environment, you're dealing with high quality people and and high quality interactions how how do you deal with that
1: that's a good question and like i'd be lying if i said we got that right straight out the gate we 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 learn so much every day and every time we we say up, release an update to our news for example it's how do we make it more relevant to the person looking at it uh, and so it's so it's not just generic and you know pictures of pretty girls and stuff like that which is kind of what the first version of our feed mm-hmm. ended up becoming um because you know unfortunately that's how people use the internet yeah um, and the way that we do it actually is quite complex we, we try to match people at certain skill levels with other people in the same skill level so that what does that really mean to a layman it's like how do we match tens with tens, nines with nines, eights with eights, all the way down to ones with ones? That might sound counterintuitive, but it's really not because someone who's just starting out, they don't have a tuned ear. So to them, the ten sounds probably just as impressive as the two.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, of course... The problem with doing that structure is you need ways for people to upwardly mobilize because if they get stuck in, say, uh, we assign them a one. No, by the way, no one's sitting there assigning numbers. We use no, our, right? But mm-hmm. let's say someone gets stuck in a one. They need a way to be able to climb that ladder up to becoming a ten as they improve and progress and their career matures. And so we're working on that. It's a work in progress. But what when we get that right? If we get that right. What that means is when you log on, you are surrounded by peers yeah. um, in a cohort that is directly relevant to the point that you're at in your career. And that should enhance the quality of the overall um, experience for every participant. That's the hypothesis. That's what we work towards. And we're sort of like, I'd say we're like 40% of the way there to nailing that. Um, and, you know, the other things that we learn is like the news feed that, that you see in the app today, for example, it's not really, it, it's not what it, should be perhaps for musicians. Now, we only learned that because we released it. Uh, had we not released it, we would never have had that feedback that maybe maybe it could be a little bit more more bespoke, more tailor-made for the needs of, of the modern musician. And mm. so we, we're going to play with that and we're removing certain things that just people didn't interact with or that just weren't grabbing people's attention or was we would get complaints like there's too much clutter here or I don't need to see this kind of crap in the newsfeed. And so mm-hmm. as much as our users are learning all the time, we're learning all the time too about how to make it more bespoke.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm.
1: And that that's, that's our job. That's my job.
0: So it's an interesting example of a digital option that facilitates people meeting each other in real life. <laughs> when I was thinking this through, it's like, hmm, I can see that there could be some challenges there.
1: And it's not a replacement. And, and this is, it's not a replacement. If anything, it should hone your real life skills because you've probably seen this in some reviews. People will go, well, I've gone on Vamper and I swiped 40 times and I didn't make any connections um, or I made, I only, I only made three connections. That's the common one. And oh, that's go, pretty good. We're like, wow. Yeah, so three is actually
0: there's, pretty good.
1: Where's, where's the complaint? Because when I look back to when I was in the industry, I would have to turn up to the same, there was this, venue in Melbourne called the Northcote Social Club, which is like infamous in the industry. It's like the biggest managers from the entire continent and the biggest agents and everything would always, someone's going to be lurking in the back.
0: Uh-huh. And I
1: would go and I would turn up and I would just sit patiently. I watch shows and have a few beers and ultimately hope to network. And I might have to turn up three nights in the week before I finally got to speak to the manager of the temper trap or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: True story. You go on vampa, your first session, I've only made three connections. This is one of the problems with the internet is that people... Um, immediately you give them some rope and they want more right it's like
0: yeah.
1: so you, we've we've just we've just solved something that might have taken you 3 months we've done in 30 minutes mm-hmm. um but then they go but they my life hasn't changed overnight this fucking oh, sorry i don't mean i don't know if you're allowed to swear on this program <laughs> you're overnight.
0: allowed i've had okay. it <laughs> yeah, okay so this,
1: they'll go this this fucking sucks and then we 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 have to find a way to go you know, with respect, that's an. We're glad that we were able to give you three new people who might have some impact yeah. in your life. But you know, we the other takeaway from that, and actually learning from that criticism, is how do we make those connections feel more relevant immediately? And and part of that is an education in in patience. I mean, one one of the the common things that we'll often say back to people when they'll say, "Oh, well, I got those three connections, but two of them didn't reply." Mm-hmm. We'll say, "Well, in the real world." when you network with someone and they give you a business card and then you email them that they don't reply, that's common. Yeah, And I think people obviously like networking is not for everyone, number one. Number two, it's laborious even for people who are really good at it. Mm. And you do need to develop thick skin and understand that like your strike rate might only be somewhere between 1% and 10% of the time, right? And so that means that you are going to feel disappointed. You are going to get no's. You are going to get blanked, Just because we're creating a digital solution for a a thing that was typically done in the the real world previously, the way that humans respond is still the same. Mm -hmm. It's just the environment or the context is a bit different. All of that is to say we just have to try and set people's expectations a little bit more realistically. And it's why on our website, you'll never see us make the claim Vamper will change your life. I was very dogmatic on that from mm. the outset because I'll never forget when I was the artist, sites like Reverb Nation that would be like, submit your track here for $35 and we'll get you in front of an Atlantic Records a That was always bullshit. Yeah. and. We don't make the same claim. We, we've, you'll never see anywhere saying vamp will change your life. We'll say that vamp makes connecting easy because it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll never say that, we'll never promise you a career outcome because that comes down to you. It comes down to thick yeah. skin. It comes down to perseverance. It comes down to honing your craft. It comes down to being polite. And, you know, also the other thing is doing things online, people do lose some manners. Mm-hmm. And so they come in more expectant. They can be ruder. We I'm often shocked at just the 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 words that people use when they write in like, fix this for me now, you effing assholes. And it's we don't deserve it because our service is free for 97% of people and 70% of what we offer is is free of charge and and you know we're not monetizing them in any particular way. So there's a whole bunch of challenges there that that are really up to us to solve. Uh, and it's part of it all starts with understanding how people that operate on the internet, um, how musicians operate more generally. I mean, musicians, unfortunately, the ones who don't make it do tend to have chips on their shoulder. Sure. So how do, how do you speak to that market without without coming across and speaking down to them? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to learn how to speak with empathy, even when they're frustrated. So there's a whole lot of challenges that we have, like from a comms perspective, and also just culturally, how does our company help to shift that um, and improve that uh, demeanor? a little bit more broadly in the wider music industry. so th- th- these are some of the challenges that actually, it's funny you're asking these questions. No, I don't, no one really ever asked these questions, but um so it's, it's nice to go into it. Um, but these are our challenges. And I do always believe that everything comes back to education.
0: Yeah, that's just what I was thinking. So I come out of the business world. I worked in corporate finance for over 20 years. It bothered me when we would tell young professionals, uh network, go network. And we wouldn't tell them how. And we would also tell them like really unrealistic goals like go to a networking event, and your goal when you walk out of that networking event is you must have seven business cards in your hand. Well, no, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a very bad approach to networking. And so (laughs) pity the poor people that had to interact with someone who was just trying to strong arm a business card out of their little hands. But, but I do think that, you know, we've gotten better at that as we've educated people more about how do you network? How do you make this a positive experience for you and for people that you're interacting with? So I think there's a lot to learn there. I think you're right. We, we don't necessarily know how to network very well in real life. And we really don't know how to network digitally yet.
1: No, God, no. And, you know, a lot, there's a lot to be said for quality over quantity, but I also something else that I've learned um, through running Vampa, where we have such a high quantity of people Mm. is that there's always going to be quality through quantity. And so if I'm addressing the individual and I'm sort of advised and, and I don't typically, cause I'm running the company, but mm. I do run, I, so I, I at least once a week will run the support inbox because that's my way of staying connected to my community. Oh, cool. But, um, and I love it. It's like my favorite part of the job. Yeah, it's frustrating.
0: Fun. Don't get me wrong.
1: Like, it, it does get me frustrated, but it does also keep me young. And so I love getting in there. And when I do offer advice, when I, when I do this, it's like, don't, worry so much about trying to make like you said get the seven business cards don't worry about trying to connect with 100 people mm-hmm. focus on cultivating two like immaculate connections that can really have a make an impact on your life yeah and then they go oh, how do I find them and then this comes back to quality through quantity it's like think about the sheer number of people who are on Vampa, like expand the horizon instead of searching just in your local area maybe check the global checkbox that we have in our search preferences and maybe cast your net a little bit wider and just see who's out there you know because remote collaboration is so possible and, and we're working is on it
0: oh really i see
1: like we're working on some technologies that we're hoping to release in the fourth quarter that will allow people to record from an iphone into a recording studio across the world in real time with zero latency so like there's There's a lot of really cool tech that's coming and some of it's sort of Mm. Web3, some of it's sort of repurposing existing technologies. But the point is, even without that Dropbox, you know, Google Mm. Drive, email, there's so many ways to collaborate remotely that uh, I just encourage people to search through the volume of profiles because when you are dealing with a user base now, I think we've got 1.4 million now, there's going to be, somewhere in there is going to be someone who is pretty close to your perfect match. And it's certainly going to be, a much bigger pool than than just looking at your local town. Even if you live in somewhere like Los Angeles, there's more people on Vampir to sift through than there are in all of LA who work in the music industry. So yeah. it's just about patience, cultivating, as I say, uh, and working on uh, working on on a few particular relationships. I can think of in my life at every single step in my career, one individual who made it possible for me to jump to the next vantage point. Yeah. It happened. It, it happened every sort of six to twelve months. And it was because I focused on cultivating one relationship at a time. And I, you know, I don't profess to be an expert at networking, far from it. But um, it's one thing I did right. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm trying to encourage that amongst our community. But it's tricky. And that's not everyone's modus operandi either.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people are naturally better at it than others, yeah. that's for sure. I see. So that changes my uh idea of this a little bit. I thought that you were trying to connect people digitally virtually first, but that they would get together in real life after that. But you're thinking that doesn't have to happen that way.
1: No, that's only 50% of the use case. I mean, we, we do okay. a lot of surveys around this. It was one of the questions very early on in our earlier rounds of funding that investors would want to know is the people use vampa to connect locally or globally. Mm-hmm. And because that question had come up so much and was of interest to people, I guess, who sort of view the world through sort of macro and microeconomic lenses, we had to learn how to measure that. And so we, you know, we use a combination of surveys, um, looking at people's search preferences, um, you know, generalized and randomized. But it's about 50% of searches are local. Mm-hmm. And so those are people who use Vampa to find someone local and then will probably leave the platform and then connect with them in real life. Mm-hmm. But the other 50% are connect are connecting, you know, across the world and, and doing all kinds of interesting things digitally. And honestly, of the acts on Vampa that have gone on, to have commercial, uh, well, we'll get to commercial success and how that's defined after, but of the acts who have had like professional outcomes, like signing record deals or going on tours with major acts and stuff like that, they have mainly met using the global search feature, which is, I'm not recommending that, by the way, it's just, it's happened like Uh that. Um, But, you know, one of our bigger case studies is really talented uh, female rapper in Los Angeles called Ray Khalil she met her producer jared he happened to be in california but i think she was searching globally he was in san bernardino if i remember correctly if i don't guys don't murder me but i think it was san (laughs) bernardino but after they would collaborated and made a whole album together digitally they bit The bullet and he moved to LA so that they could be down the road from each other. Wow. So this is the kind of things that Vampa are doing for people. We know of people who have met on Vampa, gone on to lease property together and set up studios together and moved mm-hmm. from the east coast to the west coast. Those are the sorts of outcomes that the platform has been responsible for driving, um, and they're the ones that we're super proud of um, because it shows you the power of digital networking when it's done right. I want you know, you asked me a question earlier, how to, what's our goal? I, I want to drive. 10x those number of outcome
0: yeah the thing i mean people used to move or they still do right you move to nashville you move to la but at least now if you do it with someone that you know there it's slightly less risky right it seems like there's no downside to to at least knowing somebody in the town that you're moving to whether or not that pans out into something long term you don't know but that seems like that's at least a good starting place
1: Right. And like, you go back to the reason why I started the company is I landed in London and realized I didn't have the team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems right. so obvious that that could have been, that risk could have been mitigated if I had Vamper. And also, like you say, uh, and this is just a truism of life. If you're not making any steps forward, you might not be going in the right direction. You might be going slightly that way and then slightly that sure. way. But if, if you're not progressing, one thing's for certain, your career will remain stagnant. Right. I always, right. always say to people like, just take a step forward. It doesn't particularly matter if you get it right. Like, let's say you met someone on Vampa, you did move to Nashville and you felt like I've got my first contact waiting for me when I arrive. Amazing. And then let's say it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. You still made the move to Nashville. You still put yourself out there. And generally speaking, as a rule of thumb, the universe rewards effort with Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. With stuff. And some of that stuff will fizzle and be irrelevant. And some of that stuff will be incredibly valuable and inform the next step in your life. And so... I don't see a negative.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I mean. Okay. I, I'm going to try and ask this question, but it may be too weird. So I'm trying to imagine how people talk about music when we know that people use uh, categories of music and in pretty wildly different ways. And a lot of people are ma- making music that doesn't really fit into a category. So how, like inside Vamper are they trying to select genres and sub genres and cross genres i mean how, how do people talk about the kind of music that they are making or do they just upload a track and <laughs> let it be what it's going to be
1: yeah that's a great question that's that was our first no, there was two challenges that we had in the very very early days of the business like 2015 first prototype there were two number one was genre because me and Baz are both musicians, we knew immediately that how I define jazz and how he defines jazz are two entirely different things. Exactly. So if we both put jazz on our profile, we might be suggested to each other, but we have no business working together musically. Yeah. Um, How do we solve that? The other problem was how do we assess talent levels? So Mm -hmm. we originally had a slider that, you know, beginner, amateur, sorry, Uh, who knows? I can't remember, the. but let's say beginner, amateur, semi, pro, pro. Uh-huh. the problem is everyone sets their lever to semi-pro and so it becomes, really
0: okay interesting it becomes
1: useless as a as a measuring tool and so we had these two measuring tools that were critical to our search algorithm and that mm-hmm. turned out both were completely irrelevant so the way that we solve let's talk about the genre one first genre is does have a role in vampa um, we use it in ways that aren't probably very clear to the public, but we use it to help show people semi-relevant content in the feed and stuff like that. But we actually don't really use it that much in our discovery algorithm.
0: Ah, interesting. Instead, what we
1: use is what music you listen to. Because Ah, that's what you said. If you say that you like U2, The Beatles and Coldplay plus Eminem, uh, and I say I like The Beatles, U2, Coldplay and Eminem, and we also happen to fit what we're looking for in terms of skills, mm-hmm. then we should come up on each other's radar and we will. That's how that's a big part of how it works now. Mm. However, if you said that you like uh, alternative rock, indie rock, and hip hop, uh, the results would be probably a little bit all over the place. You might see someone who likes the artist XXX Tentacion, which you might really hate. Right. So we we mainly connect around, we call it mutual interest. And so it's a far more in our, uh, well, we've, we know this now scientifically, but it's a far more accurate way of connecting people because they can, not only will they get better, more relevant results, but they can also see um, each other's favourite artists and you can also see which artists you actually have mutually in common. So we call it breaking the ice. You've got an yeah. immediate discussion, talking point to get straight into it. So, because again, networking is laborious no one's very good at it no one really likes doing it but if you can see that you we have all these artists in common you can just start <laughs> the conversation by going oh man I didn't I haven't even thought about this artist in so long it's so cool to see someone else on here who likes that and sure. a lot of the conversations will start around common interests yeah genre as, as, as I say we use it to show what we call relevant content or sometimes when the search radius is so specific that we don't have incredible results to give back to you we call them partial matches and then we we sort of defer to the genre assignment and so we, we use it in clever ways hopefully um now coming to the other challenge we had which was sort of skill assignment uh, that comes back to the thing i was talking about matching tens with tens nines with nines eight mm-hmm. with eights we do that invisibly it's called taking the apple mentality of sort of it just works and have sort of seven years of i guess learnings there on our on our algorithm to to help drive people who are hopefully similar skill levels. And again, as I said earlier, that's probably only 40% of the way to being really, really good. Mm. But that takes a huge amount of development work. And our development team is six people strong, but you look Mm. at other companies that we're competing with, like Facebook, they've got 40,000. So that's, that's what we're up against.
0: Well, I love that because I can imagine that many people are like me we don't necessarily like particular genres, but we know musicians that we like, and they might be all over the place, but if you gear everything around a genre, then you're going to end up making music that fits into that genre, and and that's one of the criticisms I have right now about the music industry is that it's very genre-driven, and that's a shame because you have somebody like Andrew Bird who is just weird (laughs) so it doesn't really fit into things so yeah I love that
1: Jacob Collier is like one of my favorite artists and try and put him in a
0: right yeah And, and it's almost like well if you structure everything around genre then you're just condemned to be stuck in that genre where we'd really love to have people break out of those molds right
1: I think if you listen even to radio today so just focusing purely on popular music um, so-called popular music. I, I must admit that in the last decade, you're hearing a lot of genres bland.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you're
1: hearing pop and dance blend, and you're hearing hip-hop sounds enter into pop and 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 everything is borrowing from r and b. and so i I do think generally the music that that's music, sorry, is in a better space than it's probably ever been. Um, and then if you go beyond commercial music and you go into the indie realms, with all the technology available, I think people are making some of the quirkiest, weirdest, inspiring <laughs> music ever. Uh-huh. And so, I think music's in a healthier place than it's ever been.
0: So, I have uh, lots of questions for you, but I'm I'm sensitive to your time. Uh, but do think about coming back on the show and telling us more as things develop and you grow and keep learning. We'd uh, love to watch your progress. Absolutely. Before I let you go, is there anything that you'd like to share with the audience? Any information about Vamper or just Vamper, where they should go or really anything you'd like?
1: Yeah, so the we're a mobile platform predominantly, but we've begun to sort of spread out into the web a bit more with things like our academy and distribution but the mobile apps can all be found through our website. So that's www.vamper.me, that's vamp A-M-P-R.me. Um, and I would encourage people to check out the Academy portion of the site because mm. it's brand new, it's super exciting, and we're also giving away the first, uh, the first modules of our, of our sort of flagship course for free. So, you know, people who are sort of skeptical go, oh, I don't know if I want to do this course or what have you, they can log in, check out the first few episodes, see if it's sort of something that gets them excited, inspired. Most people who check it out sort of tend to. So it's you know it's pretty cool. But um, definitely check out the Academy, download the app, get networking, meet people. The the worst that can happen is that you get to discuss music you love with some sort of kindred souls. And <laughs> the best that can happen is a career outcome. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, so let me just ask you as uh, well. I've still got you here. So are, it sounds like there's a lot of, of there are a lot of users using Vamper for free but I saw that there is a paying subscription and what do you get with that
1: Yeah so it's sort of for those familiar with LinkedIn sort of takes the best of LinkedIn's in-mail and their premium service mm. uh, takes a little bit of some of the stuff you get with say SoundCloud's premium service and also some of the stuff from Tinder Gold Um, we sort of looked at those three business models and took the best bits that that made sense in our environment. Uh, What does that mean? You can connect with more people. You can enhance your profile and really stand out from the crowd with more content, verification badges, things like that. Um, It can boost content so you can get in front of more eyeballs than you would on a free account. Um, plus, you know, if you're distributing with Vamper and you're a pro member, you can keep 100 percent of your royalties. Mm. You can submit more songs for publishing representations. So basically it's it's just vamper on steroids. It's mm. not a lot of money. It's $5 a month. Oh. Um, it's for people who really want to invest in their career and their professional development. And we try and do it at, you know, a most economical rate for the the market that we're talking to. But yeah, it's really probably for people who take their career, not take it seriously, because I think everyone takes it seriously, but I think it, if people who are maybe a little bit further along, um, Mm -hmm. or or who want to get to that next vantage point.
0: Yeah, just at that stage. And is there a mechanism or any dreams of having a mechanism for musicians to be able to raise money through Vamper?
1: We're introducing a marketplace, uh, sort of set of tools coming soon, that will allow people to sell initially services. So that might be I'm a producer who also does mixing and people go, wow, I love your mixes. And then they can point to their sort of vampa store and, and sell those services. The next logical step there is probably physical goods as well, but that's probably part two. But then, you know, as we get into this sort of NFT world and mm. being able to um, give exclusive to fans and stuff like that, and as Vamper increases, what it does between the fan creator relationship, which has not been our focus until sort of recently, there'll be an opportunity for people to probably, wouldn't say necessarily, it's not going to be like an Omegle or um, Kickstarter or anything like that. Uh-huh. But I think there'll be a way for people to offer exclusives, okay. digital exclusives in exchange for, well, on the marketplace, which means it's worth right. as much as someone's willing to pay. So that's that's all coming hopefully this year and that's going to be an evolving work in progress just like our feed was just like our discovery algorithm was was from running this company is that we take things to market proudly. We get it about 10% right in the first iteration. We we get it, we get it
0: right.
1: We get it better. That's normal. And I think it's just, Uh it's just responsible admitting that. And in fact, it's those early adopters that do take the plunge and use our new features that really contribute to making the platform what it is because we learn so much from them and it ultimately makes it better for everyone else so just by virtue of being on vampy you're actually contributing to the music industry because oh yeah you're helping us improve our platform which helps the outcomes of the next generation
0: yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations on what you've accomplished so far. I think it's really exciting and interesting. And it sounds like you have a ton of work in front of you. So best wishes that, that uh, yeah, for continued success. And yeah, come back on the show when you have more stuff to talk to us about.
1: Let's do it. Let's do it in another six months. We'll be in a, a different place altogether.
0: Sounds great. Thanks so much, Josh.
1: Great. Thank you.
0: Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to check out the show notes for additional information about this episode. And give us a like or a thumbs up on Podomatic or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'd also love to have your support on Patreon. And get in touch. We'd love to hear from you through the Internet or Twitter or whatever means works for you. And finally, thanks to Caffeine Creek for the theme music.